two, message. Hey, man, it's Devin. You know, from that time you accidentally emailed me because you thought I was a different Devin. <laughs> oh, and your email signature said confidential. If you receive this in error, please delete. <laughs> That's so you. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat when we set in sail, Captain. <laughs> when you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Oh, and uh, no, you did not receive this message in error. <laughs> Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. Hey, remember how 20 years ago I switched to Progressive? Well, now it's the future, and I used all those savings to buy this new hologram phone. Because, you know, it's the future, and everything is holograms now. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer survey who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. We've named this episode After the Hunt for the Red October, because it's kind of like that. But instead of a Soviet submarine, the search is on for a powerful sleeper agent known to the U.S. government only as Dorothy. The year is 1981, and her network of associates has infiltrated the U.S. military to the extent that the Department of Defense has concerns over national security, both at home and abroad. In simpler terms, this episode is about an attempt to uncover and exonerate the presence of homosexuality in the American armed forces. Imagine that conversation on repeat a few hundred times with a few hundred sailors, and you'll get some sense of how the NIS spent the summer of 1981 banging their heads against the wall and pouring a giant vat of taxpayers' money right down the drain. The NIS, the Naval Investigative Service, is the predecessor to the NCIS, the one with four different TV series, the original, and then spinoffs set in Los Angeles, New Orleans, and Hawaii. If you know those shows, you need to understand that this is not yours, but your dad's in CIS, to reverse the common idiom. These were not the free-willing, wise-cracking investigators that you've come to know and love. Think something closer to the stereotype of the Cold War G-men, agents in gray suits, dark glasses, of social justice and morality rooted firmly in the 1950s and 60s. Throughout those decades, multiple public service announcements were released warning Americans that the potential presence of gay men in public parks and restrooms. In the decades leading up to the Dorothy investigation, the U.S. military was still systematically purging its forces of openly homosexual members. Same-sex attraction was considered not only immoral, but also a threat to the stability of any fighting force. But in spite of any targeted attempt to make our armies exclusively heterosexual, gay members remained. Because, of course they did. It wasn't safe to be out in American society, so few of them willingly exposed themselves to public scorn. Over the course of 1981, 1976 enlisted gay men have been identified and discharged from the military during a nationwide crackdown. According to the book, Conduct Unbecoming Gays and Lesbians in the U.S. Military. This marked a new record for gay-related discharges in the post-Vietnam era, and it meant a succession of purges from bases around the world. Since virtually all the sailors and soldiers caught up in the military's vast dragnet waived their rights, 
and quietly left the service. Few outside of the affected bases were even aware that the investigations were even going on. People simply disappeared. As it turns out, not even the Defense Department knew what was going on. As evidenced by their grasping and confused interrogations, at the center of this witch hunt was the shadowy presence of Dorothy herself. Her name had surfaced again and again as NIS agents were undercover in gay clubs and gatherings. The more they heard it, the more agents realized the terrifying authority in this name. As far as they could tell, the friendship of Dorothy meant everything in the gay community. At the mere mention of her name, all doors would open, all courtesies would extend. To be a friend of Dorothy was to have a free pass to every corner of this otherwise weary group. Acceptance was immediate and total. Nobody wanted to cross Dorothy, so a friend of hers better be a friend of yours, as far as the agents could tell. The NIS was convinced that if only they could find this woman, she would give them the names of her entire network of associates. So, this scene too, or some version of it, played out repeatedly in NIS investigation rooms. Dorothy was, as far as the NIS could tell, a cultural terror figure leading sleeper cells in a vast underground network she had somehow constructed right under their noses. And with her tentacles so deep in the armed forces, all five branches, who could know what she might do next? But before I say more about Dorothy, I want to go back a little further in time, past the 80s, into the 1940s, to the release of the film, The Wizard of Oz, opening in theaters in 1939. Oz had a lukewarm reaction. It banked only $3 million on a $2.8 million budget, not including promotional costs. It was the most expensive movie ever made, and likely lost money. But 17 years later, in 1956, it aired for the first time on television, on CBS. People loved it. Three years later, CBS committed to airing The Wizard of Oz each December, and it became an annual family tradition for much of the United States. The popularity of the film led its star, Judy Garland, to continue performing its soundtrack to live audiences into the late 60s. As much as mainstream America fell in love with The Wizard of Oz, the film resonated in a special way with one marginalized group. A journalist from Time magazine covering one of these shows noted, a disproportionate part of Garland's nightly followers seemed to be homosexual. The boys in the tight trousers roll their eyes, tear at their hair, and practically levitate from their seats. Hometown History is brought to you by Shopify. I love that sound. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Like mine, Shopify powers 1.7 million businesses from first sale to full scale, reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. 
synchronize your online and in-person sales, gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash hometown, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash hometown right now. Shopify.com slash hometown. Hometown History is also brought to you by Best Fiends. I'm talking about my favorite game made for a smartphone ever. I'm obsessed. It's by far the best match three style game out there. So stop crushing the same old candy and try a puzzle game with something refreshing to offer. I love how I'm actually working through a storyline in the game. And the longer I play, the stronger my fiends get. Your fiends are your in-game friends that help you pass levels. They start out as little babies and grow as you progress through the game. As they get bigger and stronger, they unlock some really cool in-game benefits. Best Fiends is an action-packed adventure and a brain-boosting puzzle game all wrapped up into one, and they are constantly adding new levels, so the game never gets boring. I'm over level 1000 now and compete with my friends and family to stay ahead of them in levels. Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. The homosexual community connected with the Wizard of Oz in a powerful way, and when you think about it, it makes a lot of sense. The three men surrounding Dorothy, the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and the Cowardly Lion are not suitors or lovers, they're friends. And ask yourself, what's the one internal conflict that all three of these characters share? What private struggle is suffered by each of them? A sense of failure to live up to the tropes of their social identities and roles. The lion isn't brave. The scarecrow isn't scary. The tin man is rickety, not strong. Each of them feels they're not who society tells them they're supposed to be. But when they're with Dorothy, they're okay, and she teaches them to be okay with themselves. Each of these characters is an outsider, just as gay men were often outsiders in American society. And just as the quote, friends of Dorothy misfits, The tropes that were supposed to define them, many gay men felt constrained and shamed by the tropes of mid-century American masculinity. These brands of outsiders often created their own families, their own communities, where they had peace and acceptance. Dr. Hannah Robbins from the University of Sheffield has noted that not only does MGM's The Wizard of Oz appeals to all ages, It's also one of only a few popular musical films that does not represent a heterosexual romance. At the heart of the story, she says, Dorothy and her three companions do not need to change themselves to become who they want to be. This message in the film about escaping to a place of safety speaks to the fight for acceptance that continues to take place for the LGBT community today. And in the mid 20th century, a time of great suppression for marginalized communities, The Wizard of Oz was viewed, in the words of one journalist, as a mainstream portrayal of the queer journey, an escape from the puritanical, morally rigid, black and white small town life to technicolor city existence with fabulous friends. And if all of that sounds overly academic, listen to these quotes from the story. 
When the character Polychrome meets the group, she says, You have some queer friends, Dorothy. Dorothy replies, The queerness doesn't matter, so long as they're friends. When Dorothy asks Scarecrow for directions on the yellow brick road, his response, Of course, some people go both ways. Now it's impossible to know whether comments like these were accidental or innuendos. The original author, L. Frank Baum, died in 1919 without saying either. And of course, idioms are entirely contextual, and the meanings of words adapt over time. But the way these exchanges were heard by many is beyond dispute. And if you have any lingering doubts as to the depth of the connection between this film and the LGBT plus community, ask yourself this. What's the most easily recognizable symbol for this community? You probably know it from the community flag, the rainbow. And what's that iconic song from The Wizard of Oz that all of us know, even if we haven't seen the movie? That's right, somewhere over the rainbow. The themes of this simple song, of wanting things from life that others already have access to, and of dreaming of faraway places where you can be the person you feel yourself to be. You can do the things you desire in your heart to do, have an obvious resonance with LGBT+. When that film was released and then beamed into tens of millions of homes each year on television, there was little room in our society for gay men to live freely or to have things in life, like marriages and children, that heterosexual people often had. All of which brings us back to the NIS and 1989. The figure of Dorothy Gale from this iconic movie, had long since become an icon in the gay community, and her name had become a password among gay men that allowed them to identify one another without outing themselves publicly. They wouldn't say they were gay, they would say they were, quote, a friend of Dorothy, as Scarecrow had said of himself in the film, and other members of their community would know what they meant. It was very similar to the way members of Alcoholic Anonymous will sometimes introduce themselves as, quote, friends of Bill W., Bill W. being short for Bill Wilson, one of the founders of that organization. But for anyone unfamiliar with this coded language, it would go right over their heads. They would just nod vacantly or shrug, or they would launch an investigation slash witch hunt, as happened 40 years ago. But because this whole thing was such an embarrassing debacle, we know less about the investigation itself than we should. The government is not in the habit of publicizing its biggest fails. And like most things surrounding the dismissal of nearly 2,000 enlisted men in 1981, it just melted quietly away like the soldiers and sailors themselves. Fortunately, the world is in a different place today, and it will continue to evolve. Significant advances have taken place in acceptance and equal rights throughout our society, and many of the dreams of gay men from the 1960s and 80s have been realized, but they'll always be friends of Dorothy. And there are still many communities and homes where this is not so. The full scope of LGBT plus acceptance is still unfolding around us. And for those especially oppressed in these situations, there is still the dream of a faraway reality in which they might live and be loved for who they are. 